Coming up today on the show, are the Seahawks trying to trade for Aaron Donald or Chase Young? Are they about to sign a big-name edge player still available in free agency? Or maybe are they about to cut one of their biggest-name stars of their own? No, <laughs> they are not. But you might think otherwise if you peruse the internet these days. I'll try to separate fact from fiction for you, and I'm also... I've put together a list of three things the Seahawks absolutely will not do before the start of training camp, despite what you might read and hear elsewhere. Seahawks Forever is up next. Welcome to the Seahawks Forever podcast. In-depth analysis on everything Seahawks. And now, here's your host, Dan Viennes. It's true. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I am Dan, former television and radio sports director and NFL writer turned Seahawks YouTuber, trying to provide the best insight and analysis that I can or that my guests can, because I know that you love reading and hearing things about your favorite team and you are passionate about the Seahawks as I am. And it has been a really cool journey Uh to see this channel grow with your help and engagement. Uh, if you do like what you see in here, please consider subscribing to the channel. That's the best way to get notified when there's new episodes, cool guests, and uh, we are so close to 1,500 subscribers. Maybe that could be you uh, right now. So, as I mentioned at the top, this time of year, um, I'll admit it, as someone who for many, many years has come up with um, Seahawks content in some way, shape, or fashion, either writing for a website or doing this in some form or another. This is the hardest time of year to come up with content. Not going to lie. It's a dead period. Mandatory minicamp's over. All players can really do is work out at team facilities. Can't be any organized team activities. Until June... 26. They just announced it. I thought I typed it in here. I believe it's, uh, I'm sorry, July 26th, uh, the opening of training camp. Officially. They announced uh, the dates that the public will be invited this year. I am going to one of those. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. It's a Sunday session, but I'll make sure and get it out there. I'd love to meet some of you if you're out there at the same one. Uh, I'm going to bring my camera, maybe get some thoughts from fans, kind of build an episode out of that. But uh, as we get closer, we'll talk about that. But because there isn't as much to talk about, there's no breaking news. In fact, this is the time of year that NFL executives, scouts, front office personnel, coaches take vacation. You just don't see a lot of things happening this time of year. And so you see a lot of wild speculation. And a lot of it is presented as rumors. And the word rumor is a tricky one, I'll admit. I actually even looked it up. The actual literal definition in the dictionary is a currently circulating story or report of uncertain or doubtful truth, an unverified account. And the definition is actually a little more vague than I thought it would be going into it. To me, when I consider rumor in the context of sports, I consider something a legitimate rumor if a reporter, somebody in the know, someone with real legitimate connections, someone who does this for a living, hears something from one of their sources that they trust, that something's brewing or that a team has had conversations, 
I'll give you an example. I think it was, um, I can't remember which now, national baseball reporter yesterday reported that, I'll use a baseball analogy, that Seattle Mariners need hitters. The St. Louis Cardinals need young pitching. There's a match there. He reported that they have had conversations. Those conversations didn't really go anywhere, and he isn't privy to how hot they are at the moment, but as the trade deadline approaches, there's a match there that's been explored based on his professional sources. To me, that's an interesting, juicy rumor. Something I'm going to keep my eye on now. Something I can chew on. Something I can think about. Those are the kinds. Of, when Adam Schefter says, hey, I'm hearing that, if he were to say something like this, I'm hearing the Seahawks might feel like they're one veteran edge player short of what they want to go to camp with. So they're looking at some of the guys still out there. That to me is uh, a juicy, legitimate rumor. But some of the shit that's out there right now <laughs> from channels and websites that you probably read and, and listen to, and, and maybe you just dismiss it all on its face as you should. But I see the comments. Some people take this very seriously. And I'll just say at the top, I, I, I've, I try not, I try very hard not to be clickbaity. I'll admit, you want, and this has been a pet peeve of mine for a while, I, I think people are too quick to use the term clickbait to, to criticize a website or a Twitter account or a YouTube channel. Of course, you want to write a headline in a way that it attracts viewers and listeners. What I try to do, though, is have there be some substance in the story that backs that headline up. And I like to only talk about things that are realistic. If I come up with a, a, a trade idea on my own that has no basis in anything that's been reported, as I will from time to time, I want it to have some basis in reality. Do the numbers match up? Is there a need on both sides? Would these two teams consider dealing with each other? Those kinds of things. Rumor mongering for the sake of rumor mongering and getting clicks annoys me. But I wanted to address some of this because this is why. Some of this stuff gets a life of its own. I'm going to get to my list of, of three legitimate things that I believe the Seahawks are not going to do before the start of training camp, despite what you might hear. But I wanted to kind of put it in perspective with how a rumor be, kind of gets a life of its own. The life, the timeline of a rumor, the lifespan of a rumor. And here's a great example. Brock and Salk, who I have tremendous respect for on Seattle Sports 710 local radio. Um, I know there's a lot of hate out there for Salk, maybe because he's not born and raised in Seattle. He's from the East Coast. He left, he came back. Uh, I think he's the best one out there on any of the radio stations. I think he's uh, one of the best interviewers there are. He's prepared and he will throw out wild ideas, but he does so with a point to make. I also think that the fact he isn't a lifelong Seahawk, Mariner fan, et cetera, et cetera, um, makes him a little bit more objective and makes him a little bit more interesting to listen to. He and, and Brock Heward were throwing around ideas recently and Salk suggested, hey, the Rams are in a total rebuild. We've talked about this on the show. Like, why haven't we heard any, any reports of Donald being shopped? 
because they've torn it down to the studs. Like all that's left is a broken down Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald. That's pretty much it. So why not try to maximize what you can get for those guys if you're going to do a full rebuild? Maybe it's just simply because Aaron Donald has flirted with retirement before. Maybe he's told the front office, trade me and I'll retire. So we don't know. But they're tossing around the idea. And Salk asked Brock, would you trade the farm, I think was the term he used, to get Aaron Donald if he was available? It's a legitimate question in and of itself. And then Brock threw around some ideas and he said, well, really the only way to make it work money-wise, you'd have to you'd have to include Jamal Adams in the deal or cut him. And I don't know, I think they're committed to not doing that. And even then the money might not work. It was simply a discussion about what if. I love those discussions. I, I spent some time today writing an alternate reality draft of what would have happened if the, if the Seahawks had gone a different route and, and the, the ripple effect of that kind of the butterfly effect of it. And I still might do that. I was playing around with some ideas because there's still a lot of conversation out there. A lot of you still believe that, you know, they made some mistakes in the second round in particular. And you're not sold on their approach to the draft. So I still may do that. But my point is that that's just the way my brain works. And if I think it's interesting enough to do a show about, I will and I'll present it to you. So this was just Brock and Salk having a conversation. You know what it led to? It led to multiple Seahawks blogs. And I haven't used that word in a while, but I, I use it to differentiate between a website and, and a blog. And I've, I have written for both. I have written for websites that had really, really good leadership and, and were really committed to journalistic approach. And uh, then I wrote for another website I won't name that, that was really, really great at the time because of who I worked with um, on that website at the time. But after I left, it kind of fell into the hands of some people that do this kind of stuff. So that conversation that Brock and Salk had led to this actual headline on a story on a Seahawks website on the internet. Seattle urged to trade for $95 million star. No, they weren't. <laughs> nobody, nobody urged them. And, and, and they, they, they couched it by saying it was from an analyst. So guess what? Got a shit ton of clicks. Was that analyst Adam Schefter? Was it someone on the NFL network? Was it Mike Garofolo? No. They took what Brock and Salk were talking about and made it sound like the Seahawks were actually having conversations and were, were being prompted to look into trading for Aaron Donald. I'll give you another headline in a minute, but I want to get to my list first. Uh, so that, that was, I wanted to put it in perspective of, of what I'm talking about here, right? So of all these things that are being talked about, some of them make sense. Some of them are just general consensus, voice of reason, looking at the roster, identifying weak spots. We've done it. We've talked about the nose tackle position. I'm talking about between now and camp. I'm talking about over the next couple of weeks because that's what some of these stories are suggesting is that these things are on the verge of happening. So I came up with three things that I believe won't happen. 
start with the first one. Seahawks will not make a big trade before the start of training camp. Or after, probably. Why? A couple of reasons. First of all, I really believe the Seahawks love this roster. They love the process that they have undertaken since trading Russell Wilson a year and a half ago. They love the results of that. They think they have a roster that can win now and is also built for long-term sustainable success. Because they they believe, and we've talked about it ad nauseum, that at every single position now on this roster, there are key veterans and young players with tremendous upside. And that leads to sustained success. It also leads to being able to responsibly manage the salary cap so that every single year you're in pretty good shape. You can sign your draft picks. You can add a free agent if you want to. You can extend guys. They believe they're there. They also believe that their locker room is in as good a shape as it has ever been since Pete Carroll and John Schneider arrived. It is full of leaders who love football, are self-motivated and passionate about the game of football. They're not going to disrupt that right now by adding a big trade, by bringing in a big name. They also, I believe, I talked about this last week, have learned their lesson. They've learned from the Jimmy Graham trade, the Percy Harvin trade, the Sheldon Richardson trade, the Jadevian Clowney trade, the Jamal Adams trade. Even though Jamal Adams is on the team and they still expect him to be a contributor and they're hoping he'll become the player that they acquired from the Jets when they gave up two first-round draft picks and more, I think if you pumped John Schneider full of true serum or Manny's and asked him point blank, he would say, I wouldn't make that trade again. And part of that goes back into what I mentioned earlier, that I think they have so much confidence and conviction in how they've dialed in their draft process, their scouting process, and their approach to the draft in the last couple of years. They value those assets more, those draft picks more than ever. Now, I mentioned Aaron Donald. There was, you know, Chase Young. There was a lot written about should the Seahawks pursue Chase Young a month or six weeks ago. If you Google, you know, Seahawks trade rumors, you will find connections to Devin White, the Tampa Bay uh, former first rounder, the linebacker who has asked for a trade and did report to mandatory minicamp, but sat out, didn't practice. He's doing the hold in thing. Uh, none of those names make sense. I, the, the Seahawks are not going to make a big trade before training camp. End of story. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I won't be wrong. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. One of the biggest things you see if you were to look around on the internet right now and Google Seahawks trade rumors or just rumors is their connection with players that are still available. Saw one story recently of uh, here are some free agents still available who would come in and start right away for the Seahawks, and Unique Ngagwe was named as one of those guys. Disagree, hard disagree. 
Well, let me tell you why first before I get to this next one, because this is the example I promised you my next name of how a rumor takes on a life of its own and just gets to ridiculous levels. I have another example of that as well in my third point. Ngakwe is a free agent again for the third year in a row. He's coming off a productive season. He always gets to the quarterback. He's an 8-12 to 12 sack guy if you sign him. But there's a reason that he's available every year. Is he's a one-trick pony. That's all he does. He also tends to want more money typically than he's the market would probably bear. And we saw that with the Broncos signing a Frank Clark, right? Frank Clark is another name at the beginning of the offseason when he was released by the by the Chiefs that a lot of Seahawks wanted to bring him home. You know, our affinity for former players. Let's bring him home. He ends up signing in, in Denver for, I think, a $3.5 million base. It can be up to five or six million. That's pennies on the dollar of what he was making in Kansas City. And the Seahawks traded him to Kansas City on the franchise tag years ago because they didn't want to pay $20 million a year for an edge player. They weren't interested in Frank Clark. They're not going to be interested in Nick Ngagwe because they have invested so much in that outside linebacker position and they're stacked with young players that they like that are ascending. They don't want to bring in somebody now to take snaps away from those guys. So that makes no sense. And then in the last few days, the name Melvin Ingram has come up. And it's because there is a headline out there that reads thusly. Seahawks set to sign former first round outside linebacker. Set to sign. I don't know where you learn the English language, but where I come from, set means ready to, about to, momentum towards that action. So I did some digger deep, uh, some deeper digging so that you don't have to. Where did this come from? It came from wild, random speculation from someone who writes for a Seahawks blog. The kind of speculation that I 100% endorse, that I just mentioned earlier in the show, that I do, but I try to tie the pieces together. There were no pieces here. It made no sense. The logic in this story was simply Melvin Ingram is available. The Seahawks need pass rush. So maybe they should consider him. Somehow that became a headline on another website, searching for news from other websites and making more out of it than it really was. Melvin Ingram is not set to sign with the Seahawks. The Seahawks would have no interest in signing Melvin Ingram before training camp, I don't think, unless there was an injury, which is why that's my second point. My third one. We've been talking about this for three years now, right? The Seahawks will not cut Jamal Adams before training camp. Worst case scenario is he fails his physical when he comes in. I still don't think they would release him. I think they would just either redo his contract or come to... Uh, they've already made this decision. If they were going to cut Jamal Adams, they would have done it earlier in the offseason, probably right around the time they signed Julian Love because they had a capable, logical replacement for him. And there was a need for the money saved. To recap, 
Jamal Adams is due to make $18.1 million this year. Uh, if he were cut now, 9.6 of that would go to dead cap. Can't spend that money. But it would free up $8.4 million. That would become immediately available. Next year, that changes. He's due $23.6 million. Only $7.1 million goes to dead cap. $16.5 million is freed up. In 2025, the last year of his deal in his age 30 season, it's the numbers are roughly the same as that. So for the next two seasons, the Seahawks would have the opportunity, if things don't go well this year, to free up $16.5 million. They sound confident he can come back from this latest injury and still contribute. I think they're excited about that prospect in large part because they have now covered themselves better than they were covered last year. They had such a huge, important role carved out for him in that in that newish defensive scheme that they were unveiling last year. They put too many eggs in that basket. He gets hurt week one, and, it, and the defense never recovered, really. The role they have in mind for him this year is a much more narrow-focused, specialized role. I think most agree, most that cover the team, those observe the team, parsing what Pete Carroll has said, that he's not going to be counted on to be your starting everyday strong safety anymore. He's going to play like a hybrid outside linebacker role, rush the passer, play the run, rotate with love, and some of those other guys that they have. So I think they, they have made that decision. They have made their bed with Jamal Adams for this year. And if it doesn't work out, then next year they get the big savings. But where did this come from? And why am I still talking about it? Because another channel. And I guess as, as I continue this episode, I feel like I'm talking a lot of shit. I'm not really. I'm just, it, this is a pet peeve of mine. And every single one of these uh, channels or websites that I'm, referring to without naming them all work very hard and put in a ton of effort and have passion and love the Seahawks just as much as I do. I just disagree with the approach. Uh, there's a video out there where the headline is Jamal Adams rumors are hot right now in capital letters, hot. No, they aren't. It referenced an analyst on a blog being asked a question. Do you think Jamal Adams would still be cut? Do you think they would still do that? And his answer was, they could, but the savings really doesn't justify the means for the reasons I just described. Someone took that and made it into the rumors are hot. And they're not. Jamal Adams is going to go to camp with the Seahawks this year. As I said, worst case scenario is he fails a physical and they just don't feel like he's ever going to be able to play football at the level that they're paying anymore. And then there would be an injury settlement. But that's not going to happen until, until they absolutely are sure. And you've seen the Instagram videos, right? Jamal's doing lateral movements, regaining the strength. He thinks he's going to be back for the start of the season. I think we're going to see Jamal Adams this year. Whether he stays healthy or not is another story, but he is going nowhere. So those are my three. You can put it on the board. Seahawks aren't going to make a significant trade between now and July 26th. They're not going to sign a big-name veteran edge player. 
and they're not going to cut Jamal Adams before camp. Do you believe me? Do you agree with me? Put it in the comments. If you have any more to add, things that you've heard speculation about that you just don't believe, put those in the comments. I love the engagement. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Seahawks Forever for updates and my ongoing dialogue for whatever value that'll bring to your life on all things Seahawks. Subscribe to the channel for notifications of new episodes and live streams. Michaela and Kate of the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast are joining me next week. And I'm actually going to focus a little bit on that sort of idea between now and training camp because subject matter is a little harder to parse. I like just getting different voices on the show and uh, other podcast hosts and people that do the same thing and spend a lot of time doing it to get their outlook on the season as we get closer to training camp. It is right around the corner, you guys. Still working with Paul Moyer on getting our schedules together. He has committed to being on the show, so keep your eye out for that. And you know the best way to not miss out on that? Subscribe to the channel. Until then, thanks for watching Seahawks Forever. Forever and always, go Hawks. Oh,